When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Taking Care of Lady Business, where we put the business back in lady business. Hosted by Jennifer Justice, founder and CEO of the Justice Department, a management strategy and law firm that works with female and woke male entrepreneurs, executives, talent, brands, and creatives to build and maximize their wealth, focusing in the areas of tech, consumer product, finance, media, entertainment, and fashion. Jennifer interviews entrepreneurial women who have done it all, who will be sharing their secrets on all things business, especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now, here's your host, Jennifer Justice. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business. I'm Jennifer Justice. Today, we have Jennifer Shaheen, the president and founder of Technology Therapy Group. Hi, how are you? Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being here. Um, I know that everyone's going to have a learn a lot today from you. So let's let's get it going. Uh, so why don't you start by saying what is Technology Therapy Group? It sounds like something that everybody kind of needs to do, but we're not sure which interpretation they have. Yeah. No, it's great. And actually, it's a phrase that I've been using since uh, 2000. Um, So what Technology Therapy Group is, is we are an online education platform for growing businesses. We do um, on-demand trainings, we do one-on-one mentoring. And then if you actually need more support, we actually do the implementation work for people. So it's all around getting your business up to date on the world of digital. What does that mean exactly? Is it like in social media or is it like software? What is it? That's a perfect question. And that's the thing is, as you probably know, there are a lot of companies out there that do just social media. They do just um, search engine optimization. They do just advertising. And really what we do is we like to look at your business holistically. So it isn't just one thing because digital is integrated into so much of our businesses. What we really do is help customers and clients and companies really understand how to leverage digital in whatever part of their business they need growth in or overarching strategically looking at it with them all together. Okay. So, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot, you know, women in particular know about like social media and how you need to be out there. Do you also help them when it comes to like, what kind of software things you want to use to be more efficient in your business? Yes. Absolutely. Like one of the things we're doing right now with someone is we actually have that conversation. Like you've hit a plateau and you can't figure out where to go, what to do next. And sometimes it's based on your technology. So we definitely will have those conversations from a strategic level. Um, And we also have that conversation from a buy-in and implementation perspective as well. So we will work with clients, not only to help them find the right software, but also identify growth with that software. So will it integrate with 
certain things that they might be using. Uh, this happens a lot with our e-commerce stop shops where you start an e-commerce store and then you go, oh, I need an accounting software to connect to that. How do I do that? <laughs> um, and so that's a lot of what we'll do is sort of, and we also help you understand what you don't know to think about, right? Because that's one of the things on our website. It says, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we're helping you think a couple of steps ahead. And you started this what, when you were in college? I did. 1997, I was a junior at Hofstra University. Um, the company's been through iterations. You know, We started in one way, um, and then we've sort of grown and morphed um, and changed over the years to what the market has really needed. So when you first started, like, how did you know that after you graduated from college, like this was something that you could really grow, right? I mean, it's so daunting for women in particular, usually, to start your own business, you know? Um, well, and in technology, which it's like in particular then, like no one is really thinking the audacity of you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so I think it really is two things. First off, um, I have a really amazing mom. She is, um, she's always been a working mom. And so I was a junior in college and I was reading a lot about entrepreneurship. And I said, I really want to own my business. She said, do it now. You have no debt. Do it now. <laughs> And I have to really accredit my mom for that because she really had me thinking, yeah, this is a great idea. I should do it while I'm young. And if I'm going to fail, then I don't have to worry about what I'm going to lose because I had nothing to lose. Right. <laughs> so it was really amazing advice to get. But basically, um, you know, the business sort of grew almost organically. I was selling computers at Circuit City. This will show my age. <laughs> And people would say, you explain technology so much. Can you come home and teach me? So I literally started like right there. I was like, sure, I can do that. And then I called someone locally and said, are you allowed legally to teach adults? And they said, yes. And they asked me why. And they brought me in for a job interview. And then I started teaching for another company. And they people in class would go, yeah, this is great. But I don't want to do this. Can I hire you to do this? So it was sort of um, honestly somewhat organic. I, I did get lucky in that way is that I started with something which was a passion and then it grew in that, in that fashion. And was it always called technology therapy group? It was not. Um, okay. When I started it, uh, we were, you know, in the early, well, what, 97. So we were still in that E era. So we were actually e-business creations because we were electronic business, right? And then in the early 2000s, um, I started doing private coaching with executives who were at the C-suite level in larger companies. And one of them said, well, I don't really like people to know what I'm learning here. And um, I really you know, what are we going to call you? And someone said, well, you're really like a therapist. I go, well, I'm your technology therapist. And it kind of grew from there. And actually it's funny because I solidified the trademark with that in that year or two, because I realized before everybody got kitschy with the yeah. term therapy and then it sort of, you know, kind of snowballed from there and we kept the name and our logo used to be a computer with a tube monitor on a couch, a therapist couch, and it's evolved over the years. So warm, friendly, want to make technology more inviting for people. So that's really funny. So CEOs would ask you to help them with technology. 
Like what kind of technology? Like computers with their phones? With I mean, this is pre-iPhone even, right? When did the iPhone come it out? It was not in 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in 2000, we were still um, we were still early years of BlackBerry. That was when we had the big fat Blackberries. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's interesting because as you and I were discussing before our call, you know, it was a lot of the you know older white males who had secretaries who would who are getting the notification that you guys have to learn how to do some of this yourselves. And what was really funny is they would um, just need to know how to do email or, you know, how to handle like the windows environment. And I mean, even I would say even today, you'd be surprised how many people just don't understand, you know, how their own computers work and a directory structure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if I don't turn mine on and it works, I'm mad. Like, this is ridiculous. So (laughs) um, when I switched over to Mac, I was so much happier um, because I make it so much easier in my humble opinion. So, you know, that's like, that's really funny because I mean, even when I was, a young associate in a law firm. I remember my bosses, you know, were like probably 15, between 15 and 20 years older than me. Couldn't, didn't even know, like one, one of them like called me into the, like the, like where the printer and fax room is. He's like, how do I send this? And I was like, well, you should first not do it through the printer and maybe do it on the fax machine. How about that? It's really funny. <laughs> so, um, okay. So obviously it evolved. We got iPhones. We walk around with many computers now. And then like, what did you start growing it out to different areas of whatever it was digitally? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my degree is actually in marketing and a minor in business computers. So what we ended up growing into was really more of what we call the digital first agency, where we would help you with your website and your marketing. And we always did offline, but we always led with digital because from my perspective, this was really where the future was headed. So I would say, you know, we were in the early stages of what is now referred to as multi-channel marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's what's important is so, you know, where we are today is I sort of went 360 and said, you know, I'm watching these small businesses struggle to understand how many channels there are now today. But for me, it's really interesting. Like I'm almost a digital first native of the world of multi-channel because as you said, you know, in training people, we were still on Blackberry. So there wasn't email marketing like there is today. There was no texting. <laughs> um, now we have so many more channels to reach people on. Um, the early world of Google, because I was teaching when Google launched and it was like, wow. And I was teaching how to be number one on Yahoo and Expedia (laughs) Um, and Excite, the old search engines. And those tricks, by the way, no longer work, right? So it's just like anything else. It sort of evolved. But at the end of the day, really, we had sort of morphed into being an agency and we've built out websites for, you know, good size companies and overseeing software development, um, integration. And we still do some of that work today. But what we've been doing since 2020 is sort of pivoting to help the growing businesses. And as you probably know, how many people launched their own business in 2020, because they were tired of working for somebody else. And the pandemic really kind of put a fire under people's bottoms to say, you know what, I really want to do this myself. 
Right. So what does that suite of services look like? How does that happen? So for us, um, what often happens is um, people can come to us as a complete startup and talk to us about like, okay, this is my business idea. What do I need? Or they can come to us with already existing business and say, I'm not seeing results. What do I need? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we work um, either way. And um, those will be things like us saying, okay, we can mentor you if you want to do it yourself, because a lot of people do want to do it themselves, or we can mentor you and we can build out a program for you. So um, help you improve your conversion rate on your e-commerce website, help you have a better flow um, and extended reach in nurturing people through email marketing, helping you understand how to move up and be on the first page of Google, search engine optimization, how to see a better return on your Google ads. And then one of my favorite things that I love to talk about with businesses is really understanding and valuing all the data that they're getting to better understand who the customer is and how to continue to have conversations with them. All right. And for all of this, I mean, are these packages that they can buy into or are they like, you know, a lot of startups and small businesses don't have a lot of money, you know? So. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So our classes are actually $45. Um, they're one hour classes and they're pretty reasonable and we're do bite-sized learning. Um, in January, we're actually um, launching courses. So there'll be a couple of hours. But those are sort of those entry level. And then our mentor sessions are 180 an hour. So you can actually just work one-on-one for an hour or you can buy a four pack. And then, you know, monthly implementation and support usually starts at 1200 and goes up. So So. what about like, what do you think, you know, if you're a new company and a lot of women start products companies, um, what are the things that you need in the very beginning to like really make sure, you know, you're optimizing your sales and, and your company in general? Absolutely. So, I mean, the things that you really need in the beginning is truly strategy and planning. And, you know, one of the, I think the most important things that most businesses fail at is actually planning out all the things that they need to do. And then it's sometimes difficult to do that if you don't know what that is. So that's actually usually the first thing we start with is really talking about, you know, where is your business today? Where do you need it to be in three months or six months? And laying out a week by week plan with you on how to achieve that goal. Um, So that's one of the things that we can do in the mentoring. Um, And then in the implementation side, not only do we do that, but then we help execute on that. So your team will come in and and help. So they don't have to hire their own people to do it because they're not necessarily ready to hire those people. You guys will come in and help execute it and then follow up with like results or with like ways. Right. Do a deep dive in like how we could do better, et cetera. Yeah. So let's use a perfect example. Like um, most business startups know they need some kind of a website. Would you agree? Yeah, of course. I have. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Okay. So um, one of the first things that we do when we launch a website is we not only set up your Google analytics, but the things that people don't think about is 
how do I, so I have this Google analytics, what do I do with it? Right. So we set up oftentimes goals. So a goal is uh, where, when someone fills out a form on your website and you've captured their information, you've got them to convert. That's a goal. So when we've got someone who is visiting our website and we wanted them to do something and they achieve that, we set those goals up for them. And sometimes that's one of the first things I see is when I look at somebody's Google analytics is I say, well, you have a form on your website. Do you get entries through your forms? And they'll say, yeah, I do. I'll say, you know, do you know what converted them, where they came from social or, oh no, I have no idea. That's what Google analytics will do. So that's one of those, I didn't know what I didn't know moments. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you help them to identify and then you can re to what retarget them for. Yes. Um, so we can, but also think about how we spend money. So if we're spending money on um, Google ads or Facebook ads, or if, even if we're just spending our time posting organically on LinkedIn, how do you know it's working? Yeah. Is if you're driving people to your website and then you have those information of conversions, then it will give you better insights to know where you should continue to spend your time. Right. Right. I mean, for the most part, I mean, are these kinds of things necessary for just product businesses or like, what about service businesses? So with a product business, remember, if they're selling their product, then you also want to set up your metrics to track the sale of the product. And then the other thing that I often look at with the sale of a product and data is to understand, you know, the value of the sale per channel. So are you getting a higher value sale from somebody who comes from um, Instagram versus somebody who comes from, let's say, Facebook uh, or even Google Organic? So there's some things that, you know, when you're looking at setting up your business there, that can be important. But on the service side, so if you're a consultant, a coach, uh, anything um, B2B, you have as much to track as someone who is selling a product because your time is often just as much of a commodity as dollars are. So you need to to nurture that. So I'm, I'm working right now with a professional speaking coach and we're, yeah. we're rebuilding her website because she's just not seeing the return from her visitors. So- so what do you mean she's not seeing a return? Um, like people return like will investment. look and then, then she won't, she won't like, they won't come back or hire her. They're not converting. So yes, Got exactly. It. She's not getting phone calls or she's not getting right. people who fill out a form to take the next step. And one of the biggest things is if you look at a lot of websites, Jennifer, you would probably say, you know, there's not that like, you're not there to hold their hand. So you have to find ways to do that virtually right keep coming back and hire you and all of those things and make it like easier to understand what you're doing yeah mm-hmm. and social media do you do you take a part there and help in that area as well we absolutely do so with social media one of the things that i always encourage people is really um to do the social media themselves and to work with someone to help them with strategy. And the reason is because social media is meant to be really natural, meaning it has to connect to you as the human being. So um, if you outsource that to a firm, you often don't see as good of results as you would if you do it yourself, because if you go outside and you take a picture of your product, you might need a little guidance on the kinds of pictures to take and what to do 
but it is really helpful for you to be doing that yourself um, because it will help you get more ideas. And then we'll want to look at the data with you. Like are the right age groups looking at your uh, Instagram posts or your Facebook posts? Are they the people that you would expect to buy your product? So I actually often encourage small businesses not to outsource their social media, but to work with someone to develop a strategy on posting, understand that this is one thing that we work with people all over the country. So sometimes when you work with somebody in California, it's not the same (laughs) as working with somebody in, let's say, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And what resonates in California doesn't necessarily resonate in Indiana. So that's one of the things that's important is if you're a local business, you want right. to make sure you're working with someone who understands your market and is going familiar to- with the market, understands the tone exactly. and tenor and everything, right? And the creative Absolutely. direction, etc. Right now, I think I was really confused about that when I first started. Like, what's the difference between somebody who is a strategist in social media versus somebody who executes in social media? And they're two totally different things. Yes. And I have a, I have a young, like he's a, he's designs uh, women's shoes and he's like really meticulous about things, but um, I make him do his own social media because, you know, he's meticulous about how a shoe is photographed and it's really important, but by him staying on top of it himself, he grew his following a lot faster than the person he had hired six months ago, because he knows what, connects with his customer better than someone else. And that's important because you start your business because you love what you do. You may not always love all the platforms you have to do it on, but you do love what you do. Right. Um, No, I know. It just takes a lot of time putting all that together, you know? Well, one of the pieces of advice that I always give, and I love that you brought that up is it takes a lot of time is that um, I think the worst advice people get is that they have to be on every platform. And I, I don't agree with that. I often feel as though you need to protect your name on a platform, but really understand what's comfortable for you and is your customer there. And then just you know narrow it down, pick one or two platforms to be strong on because you don't have a lot of time and you cannot be everywhere. And just like in business, you can't be all things to all people. So it's so much better, especially when you're growing that you be specific and focused. How do you determine which ones though? Well, you do need to understand who your customer is, right? So who is, who are you designing your product for? What problem did you solve you know, why did you do this? You're usually doing it because you're solving a problem. So right. that right there should help you define your audience. And then once you define your audience, most platforms are identified by their audiences. So truth be told, though, the whole world uses Facebook. It's really not a young person's platform. It's, you know, not anymore, years. even though that's how it started. Right. Yes, exactly. And it's interesting because you're seeing this happen with TikTok now, right? Like TikTok is the 18 to 24 year olds. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of people who are older than 24 on TikTok, but they don't quite use it the same way as those younger audiences. Yeah, we could say. And it's definitely a 13. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. So when people first come to you, I mean, what do you think that, you know, when you see an advice, like this whole podcast is for advice for women and, and how they can optimize their businesses and their wealth, um, you know, what, is, what are the most common mistakes that you see, you know, 
the making or businesses making? One of the most common mistakes that I see businesses, startups making in general is I do understand the importance of doing things on a low cost, but I always say, especially with coming through and setting things up, one of the things that I find is extremely important is that you make sure you own yourself and do not just outsource to an intern or college student the setup of your platforms. Um, So if you don't mind, Jennifer, I just want to give like, this is a, this just happened two weeks ago. We had a, a woman come to us and she didn't feel comfortable with it. So she hired um, an intern and they set up her Facebook business manager. Now, I don't know how many people are familiar with business managers, the business way of managing Facebook. And she got the company in a way it's called like, um, it's disapproved. So this company can no longer have a business account on Facebook. And this was a young girl. And so sometimes Facebook will disapprove you for something small, but if you don't reply to it and get on top of it right away, they will eventually think you're not taking care of your business. And then you can't get out of that hole that you've gotten in. So I think the best first advice is you could, I would say all day long, hire someone who is a little less knowledgeable to help you take photos or do things like that. But when it comes to setting up your digital, I highly advise you talking to somebody who does it right. It's almost like going to a financial advisor who doesn't know what they're doing. It's sort of the same thing here because your digital footprint, if not set up correctly, can hurt you as much as it can help you. That's, you know, great advice. It's something that I say all the time with like lawyers, you know, I'll see somebody posting and being like, does anybody have a form? I found a co-founder and it's like, oh my God, that is like a, like getting married. Like you can't just have a form, you know, or, you know, executives that like start a job and they just sign the contract and it's like, you can't do that. This is like your livelihood. Like you have to pay the costs, you know, and there's no cheap version of it. You, You have to pay, you have to pay for the right people. You have to educate yourself to your point. Like you have to understand what you're saying yes or no to when they're asking you what we would like. And you have to take that time, you know, because it's like the foundation of your entire business. You have to set it up properly legally. You have to set it up properly digitally. You know, you have to set it up properly from a tax basis and and you have to set it up properly with whoever you're starting the business with, you know, and those are um, all really good, you know, points um, and something that somebody might not necessarily think of, you know, when is it like to... Is it ever too soon for people to hire you? They can start with an idea, right? Absolutely. We um, we actually do help produce uh, webinars for the SCORE, which is a division of the SBA, the Service Corps of Retired Executives, and they don't go by that anymore, but that's really what they were. And so we talk to people all the time that are in that beginning phase because they don't know what they don't know. And if there's places that I can send them that they can get good advice and they don't have to pay, I can do that. Um, So at least, you know, we can kind of drive them into some of those places. Like SCORE is a great place to go. The SBA is always a great place to go, but you know, there's, it's, it's never too late and it's never too soon. It's, you know, it's a good idea to talk to an expert early on, but if you're further into your business and you've plateaued, this is also a great time to talk because you've now said, Hey, 
2021, we weren't growing what we should be growing. What fresh eyes can, you know, technology therapy group bring to the table for you to see, you know, where you've leveled off and what opportunities are there for you to grow? Right. Amazing. Um, Thank you. Thank you for all of that. I mean, I think it's something that, you know, people always say, like, I wish I had somebody to do all this stuff. Everybody would, you know, social media, but in general, um, to know that there is a business out there that literally is your technical therapist and the way that you got started. It was uh, very funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what about like you guys going forward in like, you know, cryptocurrency and metaverse and all of those things? Are you going to expand into that uh, web three? Are you going to expand into understanding, you know, beyond just digital, but you know, well, it's uh, interesting that you asked that because I sit on the board of a corporation and it's a part of the things that I'm talking to them about is so I personally love technology. So I do pay attention to what's going on with NFT and obviously with the crypto world. And it's interesting that you brought that up because like accounting firms now are even being talked to about this because people are investing. Um, So, you know, there are definitely opportunities in the market to look at these new things, but these are all in their infancy. So part of the downside of that is we're all learning that at the same time, right? Yeah. Now. Like you don't have the years of experience. And, you know, like I said to you, we've been doing this since 97. So for me, I found all the, oh, I know about that hole in that issue or, oh, I know how to get around this because I've done it for so many years. But these new technology tools, it's exciting, but yeah. it is definitely, um, yeah. all, we're all learning yeah. <laughs> the same time for those. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us all. I ask everyone this one question at the very end. What is the worst advice you've ever received? So I probably say the worst advice that I've ever received would be that um, to wait. I think it's so funny. Like sometimes we hold back and we want to take risks. And as a woman, I to say, risk-taking has probably been my one Achilles. Um, So I think that that's one of those like, wait, you know, don't go there yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I knew myself, I wanted to do it and I didn't. And I I would say that's probably the worst advice. Yeah. I guess that's also not listening to your intuition, right? You know? I will say this though, now that I'm more educated, I always back up my intuitions with data. I, uh-huh. If I have an intuition, <laughs> I, I do look and see what the data tells me so I can leap. And then sometimes, obviously, we're going to do it without it. But I definitely yeah. say that holding back, you know, is one of those areas where I wish I had not done and I would be further along, right? Yeah, seriously. Um, I think everyone has experienced that. So if people want to find you, hire you, it sounds like uh, of my audience, there will be a lot of people that will need your help. Um, How do they find you? Well, they can find me pretty easily. Just Google technology therapy and we are the first that comes up, but we are technology. I would hope so, right? Could you imagine? (laughs) Like we help you with search engine optimization, but you can't find us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So technologytherapy.com, or you can always connect with me directly um, as well. All right. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and um, giving everybody the, like this knowledge about what you do and that there's a company like this that exists. And I'm sure you're going to be um, having some people reach out. 
Until next time, thank you for tuning into this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business. I'm Jennifer Justice.